The Film Guide with Chris and Sam, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Hello there and welcome to this week's St Albans Film Guide. It is Friday the 12th of August 2022 and our guide this week is Chris Aikman and he will be here with me, producer Sam. Hello Chris. Hello producer Sam, thank you for having me. Oh you are more than welcome. I'm, I'm you, glad you could be here. Well, I'm glad I could be here too. Are you, are you doing all right? Yeah, not too bad. It's uh, a long, hot summer here in the UK, in St Albans. So, yeah, you know, it's. Um, I think last year we were complaining that we weren't that we didn't have a summer. Summer before that, like it was lovely, but no one could see each other. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. You can't win, can you? There's no, no there's no set of weather that anyone's going to be happy with, and so you know. That's what keeps us Britons British Britons in small We're talk. Britons, yeah, yes, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Don't want to run out of small talk. No, it would be, it, yeah, it would just you know the, the the awkwardness would just be a thousand times worse if we didn't have the weather to default to. So, yep, thank goodness for that. Um, shall we move to film? <laughs> I think we probably should. Excellent. Uh, so. Let's start with what's new to cinema, then we will move on to uh, new to streaming platforms. Then, of course, we'll go around the world with Where To Next. And finally, we will have a look at a few films that you've picked that are on free-to-air television. So let's start with uh, cinema. I was going to say let's start with film. And, (laughs) you know, that's just the whole (laughs) premise. Yes, it is. Um, Yeah, so... The bit, the big release this week is the latest Jordan Peele film, uh, Nope, and Nope, nope. and Jordan Peele is of course uh, famous for his sort of breakthrough directing um, film uh, Get Out, in which he won the he won an Oscar for best screenplay. Uh, he then moved on to Us, and now he's gone for Nope. And this is about two ranch-owning siblings, played by Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer, who are attempting to capture evidence of a UFO above their land. Mm-hmm. Ranch. That's interesting. Did I say ranch or ranch? <laughs> you said ranch, but that's... Ranch. <laughs> two ranch-owning. Ranch. <laughs> yes, this is the St. Albans film. Sorry, <laughs> yes. Two, two ranch-owning... Two landowners... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've seen the trailer for this. It looks uh, really cool. It looks Jordan Peele esque. Yeah, that's surprising. Um, and yeah, I think like really he fell down with Get Out because it's two words. I know they're two um, quite short words though. True, true. Very short syllables. Uh, so yeah, um, I guess we're going to look forward to this and also whatever else he is going to bring to the table in the future um, because how many, you know, there are lots of words in the English language he could make a movie as the title with. Yep, that's the sequel. <laughs> I look forward to that. Or maybe it's the prequel. Maybe Yep is the prequel. Yeah, when things were good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's Nope. Um, the latest from Jordan Peele uh, is in the cinema. And then in a completely different uh, sort of film, this is an animated film called <laughs> Where is Anne Frank? Uh, directed mm-hmm. by Ari Folman, who's an Israeli filmmaker who um, you might know as he directed Waltz with Bashir, which was um, uh, 
an Israeli animated film that was nominated for the best, uh, well, at the time, best foreign language film, but uh, currently now known as the best uh, film not in the English language um, or international picture. I can't remember which one it is for the Oscars. Yes, it was, which was an autobiographical tale from his time in uh, the Israeli Defense Forces in the 80s. But that's not what this is about. This is, um, the film follows Kitty, who was uh, Anne Frank's imaginary friend to whom she addressed her diary. So her diary entries were to Kitty. And Kitty manifests in contemporary Amsterdam uh, and wants to know what happens, what happened to her creator, Anne, and uh, attracts worldwide attention, interacts with undocumented immigrants. So very much, um, you know, to do with what we see in the world around us as well and linking it to, you know, obviously the horrors of uh, the early 20th century. This it, the film got a lot of very good reviews, uh, but when it came out in France, it wasn't a big box office success. It had quite a big um, budget, I believe, for an animated film, um, but it didn't make a huge amount of money back. But it's uh, had a lot of good re- reviews. So it sounds like quite an interesting film. Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, it's certainly a pretty unique premise, isn't it? Like you've got mm. this real life person who <laughs> has written a diary, a very famous diary, of course. Um, but yes, you sort of breeze over this this kitty uh, that she addresses the diary to. And so for someone to take that and be like, well, you know, what could this, what what could we make with this um, mm. will certainly be an interesting, interesting watch for sure. Yes. Uh, so that is, so two very different films out in the cinemas this uh, week, uh, Nope and Where is Anne Frank? <laughs> Okay, Chris, let's move on to what is new on the streaming platform. Shall we start with and end with Netflix? (laughs) Yes, Netflix had um, two sort of fairly big uh, releases this week. Uh, So one is called 13, or uh, as it's sometimes known, 13 The Musical. Uh, So this is about a young middle schooler who um, set in America, who moves from New York to Indiana in the wake of his parents' divorce, and he's determined to throw the best bar mitzvah ever. Is this an adaptation of a, of a Broadway musical, which um, was, I think it came out, uh, debuted in about 2008, I think it was. But it was notable as a musical for being the only Broadway show where the entire cast and the band, so the people writing music, were teenagers. So it was set in high school, and the entire cast were actually teenagers themselves, and the musical performers were teenagers. Wow, fantastic! Because you know, normally we've got sort of fifty somethings playing um, Danny yes. and uh, Sandy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Exactly. Yes. So the 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 students at Rydell High were <laughs> so old looking. <laughs> that I think, as a kid, like as a younger person watching it you know, when you're still like 12, 13 and you don't really have a good grasp on the age of people yeah. beyond about 18 or 20. I don't think, like, I, I don't remember thinking, gosh, they look old. Because like, I don't know, I don't, what do Americans even look like, you know, growing up in Britain? <laughs> um, they might. Yeah, maybe that's how they look, Americans. <laughs> yeah. Sure. But yeah, now watching it back, 
it's like wow <laughs> so funny to watch um but yeah we're still sort of that those tinted glasses of knowing that they're supposed to be playing like 18 year olds i suppose part of it maybe it's like because you're younger if you can suspend your disbelief yes. a bit more it's also yes. a musical so in the what like this an inherent suspension of disbelief as they're singing and dancing mm, um, this is true to music that they can hear but also yeah like you say maybe when you're like 10 years old and you're watching it to you anyone above 16 is like old yeah. and is on death's door basically because you're you're young and then everyone above that is ancient yeah so you don't really notice it no you definitely don't have a sort of concept of I feel like you sort of know what like maybe a grandparent person might look like you know sort of gray hair maybe or whatever but then anyone between yeah like you say the age of 16 and say I don't know 60 65 (laughs) gotta be careful here I guess um yeah (laughs) offend anyone but yeah like that sort of (laughs) age range you're like I don't know how how old are people but no to to have teen you know and also that is beautiful like a way of celebrating those teenagers sort of talent and and like you know their abilities isn't it uh to be to be in this hit broadway musical which is really cool so i've just done some quick looking up so john travolta was uh 24 when he played when that when greece came out wow uh, so not too bad <laughs> he was uh, 24 he was 24 gosh Stockard Channing, who plays Rizzo and was mm. later in The West Wing, mm. uh, she was 34 when it came out. I mean, I think she looked younger than he did, honestly. <laughs> so. Well, there you go, wide range. But yes, this so very different to when I first saw the title here, 13, the musical. I thought, oh, they've made a musical of that horror movie, have they, called 13? That, that seems a bit strange, but not no. that. No, not that. This is a musical about a boy wanting to do a bar mitzvah. But anyway, so that's that's out on Netflix. And again, quite a different shift in tone to Day Shift. I, I made an accidental pun there. Mm. Um, which stars Jamie Foxx, who's a hardworking blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted daughter. But his mundane San Fernando Valley pool-cleaning job is a front for his real source of income, hunting and killing vampires as part of an international union of vampire hunters. Okay. <laughs> that, like, totally flipped. is not where I expected to Yeah, exactly. What I, exactly. What I expected you to say, because I hadn't, you know, I am very up on what we're doing here, Chris, and I had definitely read... Definitely read it, yeah. You uh, always your, read the notes beforehand, your yeah. Notes, yes. Um, but actually, I feel like this was much more fun because it was a quite a surprise. <laughs> And I watched the trailer for this, and you know what? It looks like it could be fun. Like it's a, it's a, it's a comedy about a man who's a vampire hunter. Okay, brilliant. In, in, well, you know, in his spare time, I, I just hope it become. I hope, I hope. How old's the daughter? Roughly, is she sort of like oh, five, or is a, she like fifteen? I think she's more like a teenager. Okay. Well, is it going to become like a father-daughter situation, like lols? Oh, they, they, they I mean, maybe. Hunting. It's also got it's also got um, Snoop Dogg in it. Who okay, goes, so he's moved away from Just Eat. Yeah, he's moved away from Just Eat, mm. and um, yeah, so he's he's hunting vampires as well. Okay, that sounds really fun. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Okay, there you go. Day shift out on Netflix today. 
Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. Around the world we do travel, Chris, with Where To Next. Indeed. We're, so, we're quite we're well-travelled people by this point. That's right. And this month we watched a Taiwanese movie. Yep. A 2021 made during the pandemic Taiwanese movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very called, relevant. Indeed. Called The Sadness. Yep. It was a charming little romp. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I'll just find, sorry, I'm just going to find the uh, the quote again. One sec. Oh yes, the most violent and depraved zombie movie ever. Mm. That was the uh, that was a quote from Rue Morgue magazine. Um, so yes, yeah, so to give you some back background on this, it as you said was was made during the pandemic, and it is it is about a pandemic. So at the start of the movie, there is a pandemic that has been going around making people ill but there's questions of you know people saying it's a hoax and things like that people trying to get on with their lives and then basically the pandemic the the disease seems to evolve and mutate and it then starts infecting people very quickly and making its its victims sort of enact their most depraved and debased, you know, impulses and instincts, which, you know, is violence and murder and and rape and all sorts of horrendous things. So this is an 18 then? Yes. It's not for everyone. No. And yeah. Yeah. It is hard to talk about this on the podcast here obviously because there is a lot of violent interaction uh, as you've said um but i guess in a way sort of you can sort of compare and contrast to things like 28 days later where you know you described it there as a zombie movie but yes. there's obviously the very important debate as to whether mm. you can use the word zombie to describe a person that has not died but is infected with something that causes them to act in a way that is inhuman, I suppose. But also, you know, your classic zombie, your Night of the Living Dead shuffling, slow, living dead body, um, yep. obviously is your uh, original sort of movie zombie. Because, um, of course, that word comes out of... Uh, comes out of Haitian culture. Yes. And so, obviously, that's like centuries or more, you know, a word that's like culturally relevant to there. And so, yeah, when, when I'm saying, talking about that, I'm talking about, you know, a movie zombie. And then we had things like 28 Days Later that used that word zombie, although 
actually it's been a what it's been a minute since I've seen that movie. Do the do they die and come back? Can you remember? No, no, they no. don't. They right. they t- like infected. they get infected and then they turn within like twenty seconds. But yes, okay, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I've just re- I've just remembered um, a specific scene um, where that happens. Yeah, so yes, this I would say this is not a zombie mood movie if you're going to enact that you know that sort of line where it's you know not a dead body that is re- reanimated. But yeah, I mean, and also they're actually pretty vocal, whereas you know they, they 20, talk. Yeah, yeah, you're 28 week, uh, days later and weeks later, uh, zombies are are not. You know, they've they've like literally gone back down to instinctual behaviour and lose. Yes, they're sort of just killing machines. Yeah, uh, and and who won't stop until you stop them, and but whereas the infected in here can plan. They can move fast, can move slow, they talk, they can work together, all sorts. Mm. So, so it, is, it is quite interesting in that respect. Like, it's a bit, you know, it's, it's not your sort of standard zombie characters, as it were. Um, well, I suppose we should say that the, the sort of main hook, the main plot of the film is it's about a young couple um, who, at the beginning of the movie, sort of wake up together. He drops her off at the station. So she can uh, commute to work. He then goes off into moped for his day of work. And that's when everything, you know, hits the fan and they get separated and they have to find their way back together. Yeah. Story of love, really. It's a romantic comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just with, I think the, so obviously it is described as the most depraved zombie movie ever or whatever. Um, yeah the quote was i from that i was ex- like and yes it is very gory but from that <laughs> i was expecting i don't it's hard to sort of know how to describe it but the the sort of the violence and the gore is almost cartoonish in a way even though it isn't at the same time so i think that's what uh, that's what um saves it in a, without it needing saving i'm not really explaining yeah. myself very well because i was expecting to just be fully horrified in the same in the way that perhaps hackshaw ridge for example mm. which is based on it was a world war Two movie based yeah. on a real thing yes where the gore and violence is obviously quite realistic because it is war injuries and so on. Mm. This could have gone down that route, and I think that would have maybe made it much more unpleasant. Because it is unpleasant. Like, yeah, it, it's not not in. <laughs> That's the takeaway from this. We'll just say. So, Rue Morgue says the most violent and depraved zombie movie ever, and the Silver's film guy says, "quote unpleasant." <laughs> no, but I just mean that it's a horror movie. Of course, it's going to be unpleasant. Yeah. But it could have been more unpleasant if it had been a much more realistic depiction of injury, if that makes sense. Yes, I think so. So I like think... the the sort of comic book almost, but not quite, style of the violence sort of brings it back from it being the most depraved, in my opinion. 
the the it's interesting i thought watching it what they did and didn't show you mm. um i mean they show you a lot but there are some things they sh- they show either reactions to or or not but then that might be a budgetary thing it's clearly not got the biggest budget in the world but it i think does the most with it it's full of practical special effects actual prosthetics mm. um there's very little actual computer generated stuff I think only a couple of times did I notice anything CGI, but so it's all, all done um, practically uh, for the large part. And I thought it was a, a quite a stylish film. Like it was, it was pretty slick. It sort of knew what it wanted to do. It was, I, I, I don't want to like put people, I, I mean, people should be put off by it <laughs> in many ways, but, but not from watching it. But not from a film quality point of view. I no. think it it was a good film. It did what it set out to do. It's pretty unrelenting, yes, in places. As a horror movie, it's scary in that it's horrific and gory. It's not scary, I don't think, in like tension and stuff particularly. No. I wasn't, and I'm normally a pretty good barometer for this between, between the two of us. Mm-hmm. I wasn't particularly tense or anything sort of watching it. Um, I was sort of going along for the ride, really. Yes, I yeah, I agree. I think if gore and violence is not your kind of horror movie, if you're more ghosts and ghouls, then this isn't for you. Yeah. But yes, it like like you say, it, it does what it says on the tin, and so you can't fault it for that. I agree. Yeah, it's uh, I'm glad question mark we watched it. But yeah, I thought. <laughs> Actually, I agree. I'm glad. Question mark. Also. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't. I didn't think. Oh, what that was the worst thing I've ever seen. Or like, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, and so. I'd like to see more Taiwanese film. Yes, but not uh, on where to next because now we've covered Taiwan and we don't. Uh, once we've covered all of the countries in the world, maybe we'll come back to it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but next up, we're coming back to uh, Europe. We've not done a German movie yet. That's all about to change when we go back to 2017 with In the Fade. Now, In the Fade is uh, stars Diane Kruger, who you'll n- recognise from a multitude of different things. Uh, she's in Inglorious Bastards. She's in Troy. She plays Helen of Troy. Um, she's in so many different things. Uh, she is a German actor, but she grew up in the United States. So, Inglorious Bastards was actually her first German language role, playing a famous actress. This was actually her second, and this one's in uh, a full German language role because that was Inglorious Bastards was um, largely in English her role. Uh, so, this is uh, Diane Kruger in In the Fade. 2017. It's available on the streaming service Mubi. So that is where we will be watching it. Please do let us know if you have any um, suggestions for films. We're always looking for suggestions, but also any comments uh, about any things we've discussed. Uh, you can email chris at stalbanspodcast.com. That's chris at stalbanspodcast.com or sam at stalbanspodcast.com as well. And uh, they'll both get to us. finally part four films on free-to-air television chris's picks for the week 
And let's get started with a movie that is on tonight, Friday the 12th of August at 10.45pm on ITV. It is Total Recall and you haven't put what year, Chris, so is it the remake or the original? It's the 1991, baby. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger at his best, going off to Mars and shooting a lot of people. Oh, okay. Um, is that his normal, like... Does he does he normally just go to Mars to shoot a lot of people, or is he I mean, forced in, into it? In in a lot of his movies, he's just shooting people, but not on Mars. Um, okay, this one's okay. different because of the Mars setting, but right. it's only at his best. And um, as we were talking about practical special effects, a lot of great practical special effects in this one. Excellent. Okay. Well, if you've not seen it, where have you been? And also, uh, Max, he did a whole section on this a few weeks back, I think perhaps even for his first uh, episode that he was with us here on the film guide. So if you want to hear even more about Total Recall, uh, go back and listen to that. So on Saturday, we have on Channel 4 at 10pm, Deadpool. Yes, uh, Ryan Reynolds is the Merc with the Mouth. Uh, This was such a big hit when it first came out, actually. And now... Which it was a surprise because it's an R-rated film uh, in America, and uh, they obviously struggle in the box office because you've got a reduced number of people who can see it. Uh, but Deadpool is now owned by Disney and Marvel once again, so do expect to see uh, Deadpool in a Marvel movie at some point in the future. And they have said they are going to keep keep the violence and the R-ratedness of it. So we'll see how that goes. Okay, well, like you say, we'll see how that goes. Okay, brilliant. Moving on to Sunday uh, the 14th, on E4 at 8pm, we have Star Trek from 2009. So this is a J.J. Abrams. It is indeed. The the first 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 of the J.J. Abrams reboot of the Star Trek uh, films. And... I remember seeing this at the cinema and having a jolly good time. It's it was a really sort of refreshing, fun, action packed adventure with you know uh, Chris Pine as as Captain Kirk and Zachary uh, Quinto as Spock, and yeah, it's just it's a fun you know thrilling ride and um, very. Uh, early appearance from a younger Chris Hemsworth uh, in the first five minutes uh, playing uh, Captain Kirk's dad. Oh, there you go. And uh, yeah, if you can see all that through the lens flare, then you're golden. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Monday. Uh, we have Hot Fuzz on ITV4 at 11.40pm. Yep, uh, an Edgar Wright classic starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. It's this is one of those films that I still see every few years and I'm delighted when it still holds up. Because there are so many comedies you watch that you used to love that you'll still watch and you'll still find them amusing, but you maybe don't laugh out loud. This still has several, I think, laugh out loud moments, no matter how many times I've watched it. It's it's just great. Absolutely. For the greater good. For the greater good. And on to Tuesday, 16th of August, on Great Movies... 
at 11.15pm. A lot of these are on very late, Chris. They are indeed. I'm sorry about that. Yes, all, all the good ones are on late at night, apparently. Uh, so People have the ability to record things now. So. This is true, I suppose. Yes, we're not uh, so... We're not so sort of beholden to the to the time of day anymore, are we? It's just reminding me that one time when I was uh, younger, I was up late and I started watching The Exorcist on oh, TV. Really? <laughs> wow, that I've, seems like a I've mistake. Seen, I've <laughs> seen about the first 45 minutes of The Exorcist and then I got tired and I went to bed and I've still not seen the rest of The Exorcist. Well, we need to correct this. And how did you sleep through the night? I don't know. I was very tired. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I hadn't got to a lot of the scary bits yet. I think mm. it was still early doors. Okay. Okay. Well, well, for anyone, any sort of twelve-year-olds out there uh, that are up late at eleven fifteen p.m., you can watch the first forty-five minutes of Panic Room before you get too tired. Yes, David Fincher's Panic Room, uh, starring Jodie Foster. Uh, and Kristen Stewart as a mother and a daughter who move into, after a, a divorce, uh, move into a large townhouse in New York City, uh, which has a panic room in there. Uh, but in their first night, they're there, uh, the ho- house gets broken into and they barricade themselves in the panic room. But wouldn't you know it, what the people breaking into the house need is in the panic room. Oh my goodness, so it's all just a bit of a puzzle then, isn't it? It is a bit of a puzzle, but it's a very stylish, uh, just, I mean, great movies have got it right there in their title. It's a great movie. Well, there we are. I mean, otherwise it wouldn't be on that channel, would it? Nope, nothing but quality. Absolutely. And on Wednesday the 17th, on Film 4, at 11pm, we have The Assistant. So the film I picked today and also tomorrow are occasionally Sam and I, when we're doing our picks, pick films that we want to see. They're not films we've necessarily seen. So I've not actually seen The Assistant or tomorrow's film, but they are on my list. This one is a bit of a a bit of a tough one. So you've got to be in the mood for it. It's a, a drama from 2019 about a young woman called Jane who begins work as a junior assistant at a a film production company in New York City. And she sort of quietly goes about her her day, but she starts basically piecing together through sort of evidence around the office, sort of evidence of her uh, her boss's sexual impropriety, basically, and misbehaviour, misdeeds. And it it was... I think the film was written... Although no, like it's not you know a true story in in some respects. It was based a lot on the like Harvey Weinstein. Well, yeah, uh, I'm sure it's a story. Like you know, I mean, it's a, it's a story as sort of you know old as time itself. But it, it's about the way that she tries to 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 bring these things up and in his pushback and how the company she works for deals with it as well. So. Mm. It stars uh, Julia Garner as Jane, and like I said, it seems to sort of be the sort. You know, it's a movie you've got to be in the mood for with a story like that. So not for everyone, but it did get incredibly good reviews, and is on Film Four at eleven p.m. on Wednesday. That's right, and I think this might be you know one of the first weeks in a while where you've hit that. You know, either one of us have been able to hit a movie on every single day. 
yes of the week so true. this is pretty impressive um so well done for that just to highlight it for fun uh <laughs> so finally on thursday the 18th of august we have on film four at eleven fifteen p.m saint francis Yes, St. Francis is also from 2019. And like I said, it's a film that I have wanted to watch for some time now. It's about a woman called Bridget, who she's uh, 34 years old, and she gets a job nannying for a six-year-old girl called Francis. Um, and the film is about... Uh, so Bridget's... It, it's about uh, pregnancy and abortion. Bridget has had an unwanted pregnancy, and it's about how she deals with it and an abortion also her relationship to little Francis. And it's written by Kelly O'Sullivan, who also stars as Bridget. And it's, like I said, got great reviews, but also, you know, it's it's not just a drama. It's, quite, it's funny and, you know, I'm sure moving and everything like that. But it's, yes, it's on my list. And so I've put this here both as a reminder to myself, but also, you know, to get more people out there. Uh, to see it so that that is also on film four at eleven fifteen p.m yes. uh, going until one twenty in the morning but like i said uh you can and actually film a lot of film four stuff does does it end up going on to um four on demand yeah all four chris Keep all four up. it was four od wasn't it <laughs> yeah at like some po- five okay. years ago <laughs> look okay <laughs> Yes, you're the film guide, not the TV guide, aren't you? Exactly, exactly. Can't be expected to remember all of this. No. So yes, a lot of things, yes, you're right. A lot of films do end up on all four. And so it's possible that if you don't have the ability to record and you don't want to stay up until 1.20am on, well, what will be Friday morning, uh, then yes, you should hopefully be able to catch it there. Obviously, we can't promise. Sorry. We cannot, Uh, no. And yes, the content of that of that movie seems quite quite poignant for exactly events as well so yes interesting yes excellent well thank you so much for your guidance this week chris that's quite right thank you for having me and keep you keep inviting me back and i appreciate it well anytime no problem yes i mean uh we've not you know no one else wants to do it so <laughs> um <laughs> uh no I, i'm joking of course it's lovely to speak with you and uh tune in next week uh to hear danny and max talk film new release in cinema you know you just heard the format you get it but max does his uh max action he talks about his favorite action movies and we'll be back the week after that with my choice of films on free dead television and whatever's coming out in cinema and on streaming as well so thank you once again chris and thank you listener for tuning in Bye-bye.